0: Welcome in to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. I actually got it right that time. I feel like last time I did that intro, I completely botched it. Uh, Sitting across from me digitally... Frankie Cardicelli. Uh I was gonna try and make. I, was, I I didn't do it. I was gonna try and make a joke about how uh, you made like an NFT, like Demarcus did the other day, but I, I, it it didn't come. To it's. Me. I mean it, it's
1: <laughs> it's an a, it's an A for effort. A yeah. for effort.
0: Uh, but, uh, that, was, that was like a D. If I'm being honest, I I, I, I that's D for damn. That sucked.
1: Yeah, I mean you know D for Demarcus. <laughs> sending
0: there we go.
1: <laughs> De- no, I mean it's so sad. That like in a, a time where there's not much news, and we are seeing the Ben Simmons stuff being regurgitated all over, not just Sacramento media, all over the NBA. People, that's all anyone is really talking about right now. Um, DeMarcus Cousins said, "Hey, everyone!" and sent King's Twitter into a frenzy by posting uh, what turned out to be an, an NFT emoji. I don't
0: even. I don't even think that's been confirmed. I think it's just.
1: No, it is. He he posted a video yesterday. It said, "Like Um, I'm proud to like you know introduce my bit." I don't know anything about NFTs. It's something that people have to explain to me again and again and again. Uh, Good for him, I think, because I think he's going to make some money. That's 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 exciting. Uh, But the the picture he posted, of course, is in a king's jersey, uh, uh, unofficially. So
0: purple, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, purple number fifteen, purple
0: fifteen. Yeah, it's it's. He was zero, I think, in New Orleans and then Yeah. Uh I don't think he wore fifteen when he was did he even play a game for the Lakers? I don't think he did play a single game no. for the Lakers. He never played a game for the
1: Lakers. He would have been fifteen with them. I wanna say he wore fifteen with the
0: Rockets. Uh oh, golden state Golden State he was zero as well. I think. Golden State, he was zero. But yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> for one night, for
1: one, I also like for an hour to two hours, people really were thinking, oh, my oh, God, there was some
0: real buzz. Did people
1: they bring him in for a training bad. camp?
0: Yeah. But which also made me think and, uh, you know, shout out one of my friends who who pointed this out, like. I mean, if Boogie would have gotten a, a training camp invite, wouldn't you rather give Boogie minutes over like Alex Len? Granted, they're it, doing uh, different things. Like Boogie's gonna try and come in and and obviously score and prove he's still got it. But you know, like it's it, if he's it's, available and we're talking like I, I don't know, but role you, role definitely matters in this.
1: Alex Len,
0: Alex Len is is very unsexy.
1: You could make a case, I think, but like I would say, the Kings need Alex Len because of his defense. You could make a case if you want to play Boogie over Chimezie Metu, like if it's like go. eight eight nine minutes a game. Uh, especially a boogie who looked decent with the Clippers last year. Uh, If he could come back and be that kind of guy, I don't see why it's a bad thing. The Kings, though, the only problem. And I said that the the hour it was really when Boogie put that picture out and Kings Twitter was going on on fire was the Kings have so many centers. So, so many Rashawn Holmes, Alex Len, Damian Jones, uh, Namias Kada, Chimese Metsu technically could play center. Christian uh, Thompson's on the roster. There's, there's too many options, and I just figured if they did ask him, it'd be a training camp deal. Alas, that is not the case. Boogie is still on the market, uh, but it was fun for one night to envision, De, you know, Demarcus Cousins and De'Aaron Fox sharing the floor. it would be kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I think we'll get one of those. I don't, let's hope, let's hope it doesn't end up being like a Willie Collie Stein reunion. Stop but it. I just feel like. You know, at some point we're going to get a nice I mean, Tyreek already had his swan song with us. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he came back for the most, uh you know, actually, the, the random Tyreek number 32 stint wasn't that bad. No, he like, played he was, well. He was, pretty, he was pretty decent. He uh, played is, very well. Is Tyreek Evans still suspended? He, he's,
1: elig- he's eligible to come back this season. This season, he is eligible to return. It's been two seasons. Uh, that second stint with the Kings, by the way, uh, he was coming off a pretty lackluster start in New Orleans. And he 14 games with the Kings, 11 points a game, 3.6 boards, 2.4 assists. 41%. And he translated
0: that into a pretty decent season the next year, didn't he? With the yep. Grizzlies, I think, if I'm not mistaken. For,
1: yeah, with the Kings, he shot 43% from three. Uh which is pretty crazy. And then, yeah, the next year with, with the Grizzlies, he had, like, that comeback. Like, he could have – I think he was up for comeback player of the year. He had 19 points yeah. a game, five rebounds, five assists, almost 25-5 and five again. Hello. Um, and then the next year with Indiana, he kind of was off, and then he got busted for uh, bad things. Off, off.
0: Yeah,
1: Bad bat. Yeah, he was off-off. So, um, that was fun for a night, <laughs> and now we're back to – just uh the end of the very very end of the off season how you feeling
0: i'm ready man i'm ready to see like i'm done speculating i'm done thinking like what is this roster going to be it's obviously upsetting that it's not much change from From anything we've seen the past two seasons, because that's really what this team is. It's like a a marriage of they're just missing like Kent Bazemore. They replaced Mo Harkless. I think we've talked about this, but they replaced Moe Harkless with or Kent Bazemore with Mo Harkless. And it's just kind of like a marriage of the last two years. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just ready to see. Like we, we don't, you know, we, we've talked countless times about we don't expect this team to be anything terribly special. You know, we don't think that this team is going to compete for uh, a top six seed by any means. But can they actually come out and, and fight and fight for that eight seed? Because that's what it's going to have to be. It's not going to be a situation where, oh, they underperform and uh they guess they, they they'll settle for the nine or ten seed like this team is going to have to play their absolute best in order to like survive and get an, an eight seed.
1: Yeah. I think that you can't really look at this roster right now and say they're bad. I don't think you can say this is a bad team. I think you can make a case. They haven't greatly improved, but if you're going to sit there and tell me, Hey, the Sacramento Kings have a bad team, a bad roster and the the talents aren't there. That's just not true. Uh, If, if this team is healthy on, night one of the regular season. The excuses are not to be a championship contender, but to compete for a top 10 seed in the West. There's not really much excuses you can make for the team. Um, Especially now that when you look at the depth, we talk about it over and over the, while they didn't go and acquire an all-star yet. I mean, who knows the Ben Simmons stuff. We'll get to that later. Uh, But while they didn't acquire an all-star talent, which is what so many of us predicted. I think even James Hamm, a couple of people we had on over the offseason, predicted the Kings would acquire an all-star. They didn't do that, but they did upgrade the bench. Cause we talked about it before when you subtract the Glenn Robinson, the Hassan whites and the Corey Josephs, and you insert the Davion Mitchells, the Alex Len, Mo Harkless, Terrence Davis. Uh, it's an improved team. And it's, it's something that Kings fans maybe excited. Isn't the right. Like it's excited for basketball to return, I'm excited to watch the team and see how they play. I know it's not a great opening to a the season. The, the schedule's tough, but hey, the roster's improved.
0: It is improved, and yeah, we we've talked about that countless amount of times. And it, it's it, it's 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 just time. Like it's it's time to to unwrap the the present, unwrap the box, and and let 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 them out and play because. Um, yeah, there's also just we've talked. We will get into it as the season goes on, but there's just so many implications for this year. Whether it be, I mean, we're going to have to uh, see what happens with Marvin Bagley's situation. You know, he's he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Will they? Will he himself prove himself worthy of another contract? Will the Kings try and preemptively do something? Will Marvin even play? Obviously, is a huge storyline. Uh, the the development. We'll we'll get it. I think we're going to do a little buy you know a stock up stock down kind of segment later but you know is Tyrese Halliburton going to make a significant leap this year will De'Aaron Fox make a significant leap this year these are all things that we can continue to talk about but um, you know it's just we're not even we're, we're not even in the preseason yet and we're we're going we're, we're so so close to seeing something tangible to actually talk about <laughs> I'm I'm um that's what I'm most excited for too, is that to, to have something to tangibly talk about because it's been, it's, it's really it, tough to essentially talk into the air. We're just, you know, when you, when you're just speculating all summer, um, we've had more, you know, the Kings have had boring summers before. This was by no means a boring summer. It ended up being a non-eventful summer. Um, but you know, the storylines were there from start to finish and, uh, it, it's just it's, it, it was it's like, time. It's time for us to talk about something that's real instead of talking about. I'm I think the the first, our first topic of the off season was you know is Damian Lillard a possibility? Like you know it, that's for us to go from there to where we are now and have nothing. Like i just been a wild I, off season. I'm ready, I'm ready for other things.
1: I'd say it was one big week. The the big week being draft week when the buddy healed, rumors were flying, and then the trade was agreed upon. And then fell through, and then the draft was the next day. Outside of that, there hasn't really been any. Oh my god! Like whoa, whoa, whoa! Like the Kings winning in summer league was fun to watch. That was that was cool, and I think everyone was pretty engaged for that. And yeah, it, I enjoyed watching summer league basketball. I had a good time watching Davion Mitchell, uh, Emmanuel Terry, those guys. But it's it's been tough, like you said. This this summer, we have kind of just been talking into the void kind of wasting our breath at times, even talking about all these hypothetical scenarios that uh, we know damn well we're not going to happen or are still not going to happen. If you look at how things are still going on with Ben Simmons, Uh, but it's, it's, I'm very, very excited. We just got off, you know, our weekly meeting and we have media day coming up and I just Mm -hmm. was super excited just to, I think it'll feel real once we're, we're there at the arena basketball, we back, we'll know it preseason starts. I think, not next week. A week from next Wednesday. You should I know, think?
0: man. Don't you have the countdown?
1: Oh, it's uh, yeah, yeah. I think eleven days. There we eleven go. days. Eleven days. Well, there's no one that's good that was number
0: eleven, so like it so doesn't cool. really work. Tomorrow, though, Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby. Yeah, I was trying. Nick to Stauskas. Think. Yeah, come on, man. What's, what's wrong? Oh, yeah, no. Nick was ten. He wasn't. He was 10. he was 10 Nick He would have worn eleven. I think elevens retired. tired. Uh.
1: Anywho. Anyway. Um. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> Well, here's an interesting question. Um, who would you, Adam, this is just, I'm throwing this out there just right now, this podcast talk. Who's the next Sacramento King to have their number retired? Do you think he's on the team right now, or is it someone in the future?
0: Well, I mean, obviously, DeMarcus is not getting his number retired, and he statistically probably, um, I don't want to say should, but um, – you know, if they had success to Marcus probably would. The only one now would be De'Aaron Tyrese, I guess is, is, is a possible shout, but that's, that's really, I mean, I'm going to say, no, you say nobody. I'm going to say, you look at it this way. Do do pass it out like hotcakes. I mean, they
1: do. It's like, they're like the
0: the Yankees or something. I mean, yeah, it's, it all correlates to success. I mean, you know, DeMarcus obviously like I said he's not getting his number retired because the team just wasn't successful he himself was incredibly successful but um you know if if the Kings aren't going to be You know, if they if they end up pulling a a grindhouse type of legacy out of them, you know, where they're scrappy and get a couple, you know, maybe one conference final or a D. Like Zebo. Zebo has his number retired by. Exactly. Like I think Tony Allen also is about to get his number retired. So that's kind of similar to like, you know, the Vladi getting his number retired kind of thing. I'm more saying I don't. (laughs) I, (laughs) I was thinking about this the other day. I can't remember if a local It might have been a local media outlet saying it, or it might have been a national. I can't remember, so I apologize if I'm taking this from somebody locally and and not giving credit. But do you think the Kings will like win a playoff series in the next three years? Um, no, five. Yes. Okay.
1: It's just tough because, like, you think hope so. (laughs) It's just three years. It seems so like Darren Fox will still have, I think two seasons on his deal. Tyrese Halliburton will be like probably on the first year of his rookie extension. I mean, that's not three years. Isn't that far away? It's just kind of like, but also that see- means
0: three years of them, not winning a playoff series, like just well, three is the- more seasons of, I mean, like, I, I feel well, like if, on. You, if you tell somebody that, like, I feel like if that is, if your answer is no, and I, I don't disagree with you, I think at that point you need to consider shaking something up because I'm being pessimistic though. I don't think you are. I feel like, I mean, unless you're like a fanatic of the Kings, I don't think a majority, I for sure know a majority of Kings fans wouldn't say yes. I feel like they would, I feel like they would be more pessimistic. I feel like they would say like, no, I don't think how that, can, how can we not? this teams past says that this team's future is looking bright. Well, you think I, you th- yeah. it's, it's,
1: it's, it's fabric. It's in our DNA though. Like it's, I don't think any, if you're a Kings fan, you're sitting there saying, Oh hell yeah. They're winning the playoff series this year or next year. It's like, Hey, I want to be where you are. Uh,
0: but I mean, it's also it, not it, it, easy to win a playoff series.
1: No, it's no, 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 no. And especially in the Western conference and how competitive it is. Look, I, I think we've said it before. How we, the Kings are close they could make the play in this year. They could make the playoffs even who knows. I think that they're, they're closer than not, than, uh, than not. Like, I think they are close to being a team that could be in the playoffs, but I think that's still the one thing they need. I was telling my friend about this morning. It's like the, that, that big piece, they need that big piece to come in.
0: Yeah.
1: It's, it's, I don't know who it, who it is or when it's coming or how, but De'Aaron Fox. Great, great, great piece. Tyrese Halliburton. Hopefully he proves this year he can have that kind of CJ McCollum like jump. I know that we hear that name a lot with him. Just kind of make that jump, being like an eighteen and five, eighteen and six type player. Uh, but they they need that third big piece, kind of what I think Dallas was envisioning. Harrison Barnes, and they signed him years ago. Like we need that that wing that's going to drop twenty five a game, uh, like that. We need like a, a a veteran, like a a prime DeMar DeRozan type player. Like we need one of those guys.
0: Well, the thing is, though, those guys don't just grow on trees. And nope. I mean, if if I'm trying to think of young in the timeline forwards that fit that description. I don't know why, but to me, the only real one that comes up that I could see being a superstar is Michael Porter Jr. Um, you know, the Bulls have hope for Patrick Williams. We'll see about, you know, what position Cade ends up being, obviously obviously you have to mention the L word stop. Uh, you know, I, 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 those guys yeah, I mean, my bigger point is and I was thinking about this earlier and it kind of ties into the whole um, Kings will be not spectacular thing, but at the most verse, and I talk about small forward position all the time, but at the most versatile position, That you can, you know, the three position is needs to be your most fluid guy. Like he needs to be able to guard the point guards or athletic enough to guard the smaller guards, but big enough to also contest, you know, the the Paul Georges of the world. Um, And the guys that the Kings have at that position, the most valuable, versatile position are Harrison Barnes and Mo Harkless. There's nothing wrong with either of those two guys, but they're kind of the definition of like an average guy. Like there's nothing there's nothing spectacular about either of those two guys. Like they're not really going to jump into, like you're saying, like that upper echelon of player. I don't think Harrison Barnes is, you know, Harrison Barnes at the start of last season was probably the closest that we're going to get to um you know, them raising their their skill level. Like, I don't think Mo Harkless is going to come out next year and be a 38% three-point shooter and average eight points a game or whatever like that. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting to me that the Kings are going so guard heavy and so big heavy, but yet kind of forgetting about the middle.
1: The NBA is changing, and and I think we all know that, but I think they're – they, maybe the way they're looking at it is, we have those two guys, and and we have the guys that can guard the the KDS and LeBrons, and maybe that's enough. Uh, I think three years ago, Harrison Barnes and Mo Harkless were like, "Holy hell! Like that's a pretty that's yeah. a pretty nice one-two right there for the starting and bench small forward." But and they're both still good players. Harrison Barnes had a career year last year. He's twenty-nine years old. There's no reason for me to, to sit here and think he's not going to be productive this year. Moe Harkless did a good job filling in for Harrison down the stretch last Harkless year,
0: like 27, 28. Yeah. He's crazy. He's,
1: they're both not, they're both young. You could say and they're either entering their prime or in their prime. Um, but basically the Kings, in order for me to answer that, that question, the point of, will they win a playoff series. They need another just all-star. They need not another, they need a all-star talent. D- Darren Fox, I believe they have one already. I don't know if he'll crack the all-star team this year, but um yeah, it's it's just tough if you ask me. Unless there's, if there's a gun to my head and you're asking me will the Kings win a playoff series by 2025, I'm or 2024, I'm just gonna say no because mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't have any reason to think that's gonna happen yet. Yeah. I mean, Davion Mitchell could come out and be better than we anticipate. He and Tyrese and De'Aaron could be a three headed monster. You never know. Marvin Bagley could put it together and have a 21-10 a year, and then the Kings give him an extension. Who knows? We're going to find all that out because that's the whole Can't point wait. of this off Yeah. The off season. Yeah. It just, let's stop talking about all these hypotheticals and see what the hell happens when, when the ball, you know, ball gets rolling.
0: Speaking of something that we've seen once the ball gets rolling, um, there was, we didn't get to touch on this because last week we, we did like kind of a special episode with Matt. Um, the De'Aaron Fox versus Lonzo ball uh, debate that raged pretty heavily for a couple of days. Uh, it really didn't make any sense um for those who didn't see it or haven't heard. We're definitely late on this, so we won't spend too much time. But uh I believe it was bleacher reports Andrew Bailey made uh or is doing redrafts for the past couple drafts, uh NBA drafts, obviously. And uh in his redraft he had Lonzo Ball going third in the twenty seventeen NBA draft and had I believe De'Aaron Fox going fifth. Um so essentially saying that in a redraft he would Take Lonzo Ball over De'Aaron Fox projecting his excuse. He was on the Carmichael Dave show. He said uh, he was projecting forward a little bit, uh, but also like acknowledge that De'Aaron's a better scorer uh, has had more success. It was it was very strange, but uh, just in general, what are your general thoughts? I know you obviously think De'Aaron is a better player than Lonzo, but um, you know that was such a big big discussion point when with, with both of them coming in. To their uh, rookie seasons, just kind of what? What are your thoughts on how that whole thing has played out?
1: Yeah, it it just seems like clickbait. I I read the article. There's so many people that you kind of come across that are still. I don't know what the pro Lonzo. I, I mean, I don't even know that Lonzo's yeah. a good basketball. Lonzo's a good player. N- no one is saying that he's a bad player. And I I kept seeing this also in the way people were responding to the post we put up for khdk.com, where people were just dragging this guy. like I felt bad franny bailey because they're just dragging him and he yeah. i mean, I mean the,
0: don't put out dumb stuff like
1: that like well he he i think he came on with dave carmichael dave yeah. to kind of like not say sorry but kind of it just was it was in my opinion it was a disaster it, he shouldn't have done <laughs> it it just it, it kind of made it worse but i think at this point if you're saying you'd rather have lonzo ball than daren fox you're just trolling i don't know if there's any other way you can slice it if you're saying truthfully. And I don't like, and I think that was the biggest, like the way he was reasoning was, oh, Lonzo's six foot six. He can guard multiple positions.
0: Uh, That's okay. Great. But, like, again, we're not talking like their prospects anymore. Like, these are 10, like, it's great that Lonzo's six six, but he doesn't play small forward or anything. Like, he still plays no. position he's, he's playing. I'm not saying he can't guard bigger positions than De'Aaron, but it's just, it's, and his said- logic was very flawed. Like, he's,
1: yeah. They have more. They, they they average the same amount of assists per game, but Lonzo's better court vision. Then so why does he have more assists? I, I just that's just the, the one thing I just don't really understand. It's like okay, maybe Lonzo can make more flashy passes than De'Aaron, but De'Aaron doesn't need to do that. He's productive by making just the right pass. He doesn't have to be flashy and drop full court dimes. He'll hit people on the break or drop it to Rashawn for a push shot. It, it if you want to save Lonzo's more flashy, okay. Give him that gold star then. That's fine. But you can't sit there as a member of the media, a big, a big, big outlet like Bleacher Report and put something out there that says Lonzo Ball should be drafted ahead of De'Aaron Fox in 2021. It just does not make sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, his argument, I it's not apples for apples, apples to apples, whatever. But it's like it'd be like saying I would rather have Draymond Green than Clay Thompson because Draymond does it all and, you know, he can guard one through five and does all this stuff. And Clay's great. And yeah, he has more points than Draymond, but and he can shoot better than Draymond. But that's all he does. And like, I like the fact that Draymond does it all. I don't know. Very strange. It's very no, strange. Very, very strange logic. But uh, obviously I, I, we, are, we are team De'Aaron Fox in this situation.
1: I think I think a majority of people, I, a majority of people are team De'Aaron Fox. It's just well, I'm
0: curious, curious. I'm curious what uh that was my Charles Barkley coming out. Of course, Kenny. Uh, I, I'm, that's just terrible. So, me, so I'm curious uh, what what Nash or not national, but just, you know, what what people outside of Sacramento would say about that, because I kind of feel like Darren gets. Not a bad rap, but people really still aren't woke to how ridiculous Tiern Fox is. Like they they probably see his numbers and are like, oh, he's like Colin Sexton or something. Where it's like, yeah, he's putting up twenty a game, but his team's not winning. And how good are you really if you're a guy who's putting up a bunch of points for a team that sucks? Which I it's, get, it's, but it's also like you clearly don't watch. It's unfortunate. Which, is, well, we but just say so you don't watch. We watch basketball for
1: months every year with, with the Sacramento Kings at home on the couch. We watch all these these great talents all over the league. We have league league pass. We watch NBA basketball, Chris. You and I both. But then we have a job where we cover the Kings, and also like we're fans deep down in our in our roots. We we are fans of the Kings. So while it might come off as biased, we watch De'Aaron Fox on a nightly basis, and we know what he can do. And we also watch what the other guys can do in the league. Those other premier guards. So it does kind of. Like pissed me off a little bit when people sit there and they it's just like the Sacramento people are biased yeah. against Sacramento. Like
0: do you think a majority of people outside of Sacramento would take D'Angelo Russell or De'Aaron Fox?
1: I think a lot of people would take D'Angelo Russell, which is yeah. the problem. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a, yeah. You can't even it's a problem. This. De'Aaron is averaged 25 and seven. I just I just don't know what more he has to do which is kind of a good way to, to transition into the the stock thing we were going the are you buying stock yes. selling stocker because
0: the way i'm looking at it with with deer and fox is we'll do a buy if, sell hold how about that so we're not talking exact stocks
1: so. yeah we're we're, not, we're i'm not really a stock market guy but <laughs> as far as are we buying so, buying selling or holding on deer and fox stock i'm buying because yeah. the jump he made last year he still yeah. had room he still had room to improve. He mm-hmm. he could have shot better from the three-point line. He could have shot better from the free throw line. Um this guy could have averaged 30 a game last year if he would have shot a little better from both of those aspects. So um I I just think that's what's going to take for him to get the the recognition he deserves is is winning number 1, and number 2, keeping that production going forward.
0: Yeah, I would to to highlight the two points you made. Like I think if he shoots better from the free throw line, you talked about it all the time last year. If he were to make if you were to shoot like not because there was points where he was shooting like 60%. If we were just saying he could shoot 75 or 80%, not even something crazy. Like I think Steph Curry's at like 96% or something like that. Like we're just saying baseline free throw shooting. He would be at 27, 28 points a game. Easy. Just off that, just off just playing the same game he plays now, but making the free opportunities just doing that. And then the second thing would be the thing that I would say Kings fans criticized him a lot for until he started showing it throughout this season. You really saw it develop was his aggressiveness. He would not, it didn't seem like Darren Fox knew he was the best player on the court and he could score at any time he wanted. And we saw, especially in those new Orleans games where he would drop 40 and 50 points that when he is aggressive and when he feels like getting to the rim it's you can't stop him. And the more and more that we see of that and, you know, hopefully with him playing off ball with Tyrese and Davion, we can see him just literally get the ball, run to the hoop. Like there's no need of no worry of having to set up people, having to worry about other people's games like, no, bro, like this play is being ran, ran, ran for you. And then you get the ball and you attack the rim. And that's what the play is. So I think those two things could definitely lead to like a, a whole new De'Aaron Fox that like, yes, like this fool is, is, uh, is legit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And, and part of that helping him become a better player will be his, his back mate. And we don't know who's going to start just yet. That's going to be interesting. I don't know who's supposed to, who is supposed to speak to the media today uh, in the next half an hour, but I think it might be Luke Walton. They didn't say, but I'm interested to see if they my my in I mean, the media, I mean, I'm not going to ask him. I don't want to get Luke mad at me out the gate, but uh, who is, who is he eyeing in that, in that spot with Aaron Fox? And I know start people don't want to make a big deal about starting because it's about who finishes. But I think right now, the consensus around the Kings uh, fandom would be Tyrese Halliburton should start at the two spot. So I ask you, Chris, Tyrese Halliburton, top three rookie of the year finalist. Are you buying, selling, or are you holding on his stock for 2021?
0: I mean, I'm definitely not selling, that's for sure, but uh, I'm considering holding. But if anything, I'm holding because if I could get a little stocky here, there's so many people buying Tyrese stock that I think there's going to be a dip. And that's when I'll buy. You'll buy the Um, dip. I just think I'm not saying, again, like, I don't think I'm not going to not buy Tyrese Halliburton's future stock. Um, I just think, you know, it's not. I, I'm not as um, confident that he will take a massive leap uh, going into this second season. I just think he missed a lot of time in that first year. Yes, it was a very, very strange year for him to join the NBA. He didn't get a full training camp, didn't get, you know, like I think he was even saying in his media session, like last year I got drafted, got on a zoom and then arrived here. And it was just me and Rico for like weeks. And then this summer, he has just been working out with this team. They've still been working out with Rico, but it's all been together. He's, you know, Davion's been experiencing this and, um, you know, has, has been able to experience this since day one, where uh, as opposed to Tyrese, where, you know, he was working by himself they're They're now working with the team. So say all this to say, I, I just think he's going to have a couple uh, speed bumps heading into his second season. I think, it's going to take some time for him to uh, to to figure out how to implement everything that he's trying to uh, learn this offseason. So- yeah. Once the sophomore slump hits, you're going to buy the dip, huh? Exactly. How do you feel? Because I, I, I really do think it's a case by case, like an individual basis on how people feel about Tyrese. Like, I don't think anybody is is super confident or super. I shouldn't say super confident, but like anyone really knows Everyone has a different barometer of where they see him being. What is I think
1: defense? I think expectations are super, super high for him right now, which people should temper a little bit because what he did what he did last year, if he does that again, again. this year, I'm content with that. Mm-hmm. Almost 14 points a game and five assists, 40% from three. Dude, absolutely. And you're playing great defense. What more can you want uh from, from a two guard? I I'm gonna hold as well. Um I'm I will be shocked if you're I don't think that's going to be a possibility. I mean, I'll knock on wood. I hope not. Sorry, Tyrese. Yeah. If I jinx you. Uh, but I, also the, the Kings still have buddy healed in the roster. They have a lot of mouths to feed offensively. I don't expect them to point. come out and be, I don't expect them to come out and be a 20 point per game score. But that being said, I, I would not be surprised if he came out on an average 15 plus a game. Uh, but again, I'm holding because he's a, a damn good player. Mm-hmm. He goes two ways defensively and offensively. Uh, his skill set just fits in any system, and the Kings having De'Aaron Fox at point guard, and if they want to play him off ball, which De'Aaron's talked about, Tyrese is more than capable of running the offense. He did it when De'Aaron was out for a bit, but I, I am excited to see what Tyrese can do this season. And yeah, like like you, Chris, if there's a sophomore slump,
0: which could happen, I'm gonna hop on. I'm gonna buy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what's Something you just you saying that just sparked this in my brain. And I can't remember the last time the Kings have been in this situation, but knock on wood extra, like knock on every piece of wood that you have. If De'Aaron Fox does go down for some time, it's not like, it's not shipwreck, you know, it's not like, Oh boy, like we need to hope that we can, I hope we can beat Cleveland tonight. You know, I hope we can beat OKC we then have Tyrese and Davion as very legitimate, solid point guard options that, you know, they, it might be a different style of play. And I think we saw last season with the, without De'Aaron, the Kings actually were able to play fairly well, or at least hold their head above water um, with Tyrese at point guard. And I can't remember the last time if the Kings star went out where the Kings would be like, you know, back in the day, if, if DeMarcus cousins missed a game, like that's, that's, 30 points, 15 rebounds, and six assists that you just have to find somewhere. Do,
1: do you remember going to Kings games back then, like in 2010, uh, 11, 12? Yeah. And, I, and
0: I went to maybe like 30 a year. And, you,
1: and you'd see the injury report come up on the on the Jumbotron saying DeMarcus Cousins was out. And you just knew immediately yep. you got that. It, it's over. There's no hope. Like you said, if De'Aaron Fox goes out and again, everyone knock on every wood of, piece of wood. Every, yeah, home. every
0: knock, knock on trees outside.
1: Yeah, go go knock on a tree. Uh, it's it's going to be fine because, again, the Kings, this is where we talk about their depth. If De'Aaron Fox goes down, Tyrese Halliburton can slide over play point guard. Buddy Heald is is there for the two spot. You have Terrence Davis. If a two guard goes down, same thing. Terrence Davis, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, you have all of these options at the guard spots. Where it was last year, De'Aaron Fox goes out. You have Corey Joseph, who is not a starting point guard. And then you had a rookie who we was, at the moment, not really proven uh tyrese halliburton when, when fox went down earlier so it, it's 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 just really something that the kings can use as, as a strong point um and yeah i think we're both holding on tyrese
0: yeah um is there anything else oh you know what was interesting shout out um i i think it was was it sorry i just want to make sure i got a shout out the right person here was it Omar? I believe it was Omar Khan of uh of uh King's Herald tweeted out that uh Buddy Heald and Doug Christie both f- have played four and a half seasons for the Kings.
1: That's incredible.
0: When when which I did not expect Buddy Heal to uh to suit up another game for the Kings. He is one three pointer away from passing uh Stojakovic's all time. He's five shots away from passing Peja. I believe so. Yeah, he's a, I think he's, or was that for, let me see. Hold on. I remember uh, last season, Buddy was incredibly close to breaking Peja's three-point record. I believe it was the franchise record. Yeah. Three-point field goals. He is one away from, uh, from breaking Peja Storjokovic's all-time three-point field goals uh, with a uh, 1,071 three-point
1: field goals. So, yeah, four and a half, half years. years. You think about Doug Christie's time here and how he won how defensive different players. Was. I mean, yeah. He was all defensive all those years and, and on those winning teams. And you look at what Buddy's done, which other than being a three-point shooter and the three-point champion, there's not much to really hang your hat on. It's kind of crazy when you think about same time. I don't yeah.
0: know. Is it that, it's more just I, uh, honestly. Yeah, it's crazy that Doug had such a huge impact in such a short time. I mean, Doug feels like one of those guys that was so instrumental to those teams that. He was like, he, I mean, he really was. I mean, it's sad that our run was really that short. Honestly, Doug, Doug really is the run when you think about it. I mean, they had the uh, the J. Will C. Webb, uh 99 year, but once Doug got there, that was really Doug and Mike. They really just, just yeah. turned turn the dial up a little bit. Speaking of impact,
1: one last uh, one last stock question. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big one. Marvin Bagley, mm. are you bu- are you buying, selling, or standing firm?
0: Again, this is a tough one. I'm not selling. That's for sure. Um, I guess I would buy for the opposite reason of of Tyree or I guess similar logic of Tyrese of I think so many people have just abandoned ship that there's just so much free stock that you can pick up. And it's really not. It's it's just worth the flyer. Um, There's no reason besides nagging injuries that Marvin Bagley can't come out this season and impress everybody. obviously defensively it goes on and on how how he he can put in work to uh to not just be such a liability on that end but offensively the dude is so talented he's so young and like there's nothing that is really impeded his de- you know he hasn't had any major knee surgeries or anything like that he's hurt his hand a couple times but this guy's still been able to develop his game throughout time he just hasn't been able to show it um I can't imagine how frustrated he is um it's obviously frustrating for all the fans but you know he he's he's just so talented like there's no re- there's there's nothing but opportunity in front of him and he just has to take it um so I got to buy stock. I can't I holding it really doesn't do you much good, I think.
1: I'm hopping on that as well. I'm I'm buying I'm buying MB3 stock. It it's look, this is it. This is going to be it for Marvin Bagley. Not just with the Kings, but this season could very well determine the rest of his career. It, it it's it's that big because he's one good season away from getting a multi-year big big money payout next summer uh or he's a one Missing the whole season season away from getting a training camp invite, it, it's he he needs to put it together. And I'm saying the word need because he is too talented to be one of those guys that gets kind of left behind. And I don't think he's going to. I'm expecting Bagley to have uh, not quite the season that Kings fans envisioned when he was drafted. But I'm uh, I'm envisioning a season where Marvin Bagley plays in over 60 games and and averages over. 15 points a game and averages over seven rebounds a game. He tops his career highs, uh, which isn't much. He's been 14 and seven across the board, but um, if the Kings are gonna be successful, we say it again and again, Marvin Backley needs to be successful. So uh, I'm going to buy, I'm buying a make or break time. I think that he's going to prove this season. He can be a player. He's only 22 years old. Uh, He has time to figure it out, but it has to start the season. Otherwise he's going to be fighting an uphill battle.
0: Yeah, and to your point too, I think a lot of people just straight up don't believe that Marvin is would will get paid if he plays well this season or you know whatever. Like, I think if you saying like, oh yeah, Marvin's going to get a big payout if he proves something this season, I think people are like, what? Like, are you serious? Like, the dude has been hurt and hasn't proven anything. Look at Lori Markin it like. Obviously it was a very tumult, not how his offseason wanted to go. It took him a while to, to get where he, uh, signed a contract eventually, but that full signed a four year, $67 million contract and really hasn't been good since his rookie year or his second year in the league. Um, and you know, he, he's, he's been hurt not as often as Marvin, but he's been hurt every season that he's played, um, so I you know, people are people are very willing to throw money at a young guy with talent. Yeah. Uh well, Otto Porter Chris, is another Christian, example. Christian
1: Wood. Christian Wood. Yeah. He
0: yeah, was a guy who ended up getting paid off of one good season. Takes one. Yep. And takes, uh you know, yeah, Mar- Marvin's got more than enough talent of all those guys, a more talent than all those guys. And Uh, he's, like I said, he's going to have the opportunity, uh, the Kings want him to succeed, kind of need him to succeed in some capacity, even if it's just to get dealt at the deadline, they're going to need him to show that he has value in the league. Um, and so, yeah, that'll, that, that to me is obvious, you know, is, is the number one storyline for the Kings this season is what happens with Marvin Bagley and, and, his situation in total. I mean, it it always ends up being the main storyline because it ends up inserting itself. But, um, if Marvin plays and, and he has a a legitimate role with the team, which there's no reason why he won't like he's, he's going to have a very, very important season for his, for his career. Like this is going to be, this is a defining season, like not, not always. Can you, uh, Predetermine that a season is going to be something special for you, but this season has to be something that, that. turn That is a story in Marvin Bagley's career. It's either the year that it's like, all right, this, this is really, really done. And this is sad. Or, you know, like this is the year that he, he showed something.
1: Yeah. It's, I think it is not officially, but I think it is the biggest storyline of the season right now. Cause you, Davion Mitchell in his rookie season sure uh De'Aaron Fox can he playoffs, maintain even
0: I would say even over making the play, like the playoffs is I do not want to say it's a pipe dream but it's kind of like if they play well they'll make it and if they don't like there there's really an equal 50-50 chance of of both sides happening you know like yeah, you might need one for the he, yeah
1: one needs the other they they both they both mm-hmm. need one another they, the kings to make the playoffs need marvin bagley to to be successful and it's very possible that marvin bagley to prove he's successful needs to make playoffs uh to help that narrative so
0: mm-hmm. it's a
1: know. it's a big storyline it's a big storyline no matter how you slice it marvin bagley this is make or break time uh we could be sitting here a year from now saying marvin bagley wow four years 80 million or whatever the Kings gave him, that's great. He, after averaging 20 and eight, or we could say, Oh, well, he got hurt and missed 70 games. And now he's on a training camp deal with the Lakers or something like that. Both could happen. So we'll see, but mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Can I do uh we'll do one more buy, sell, hold. Where are you on Rashawn Holmes? I know that's probably not fair. Cause he just signed his contract, but you know, I don't, I don't want to, I'm going to hold. He just had a career uh, year. I think
1: I'm holding probably
0: the right move.
1: If, if we're same with Tyrese Halliburton. like if, if we get anything else or more out of them, mm-hmm. I'm over the moon. That's awesome. But if you can just do what you did last year mm-hmm. and the other guys around you can, can like the Marvin Bagley's, the buddy heels can, can do better. The buddy had kind of a down year. Those supporting role players, the bench can do more. We're going to be fine for Sean's going to be 13 and eight and be Leading the league in field goal percentage, or close at least, and picking up a block and a half a game—that's great.
0: That's great. Let's round it out. How Harrison? Like, how do you I feel? Like Harrison's the only one that I would really think about selling. I, I, you, I think selling because it'd be. There's just no way, right? There's no way he can really. I mean, I shouldn't say there's no way he can improve his game, but I mean,
1: he he averaged career highs across the
0: board last all year. All he, all he could really do is again, like you're saying, like the The best you're hoping for, the best you're hoping for, I think, is for him to replicate,
1: and that would be incredible.
0: Yeah, I'm, all be... you can really ask for him is consistency. I guess that that could because if, yeah. if he does it more often, you know, he still had some games where he would, you know, score nine points a game or whatever. I'm and, uh, I'm selling. Uh, I'm selling, but it's not like oh my god, Harrison Barnes is going to be
1: bad. It's just if we're going off will these players. The mm-hmm. out no, I don't think he's gonna outplay what he did last season because I don't think he's going to have to. Or I'm hoping he's mm-hmm. not gonna have to. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna hope that the guys around him, Tyrese Halliburton, Terrence Davis, uh even Mo Harkless coming off the bench, or they might have some lineups where Harkless plays three and Barnes plays four or or what have you, maybe flip-flop those, but um he's not gonna have to do as much because a lot of those big games. He was the second scoring option, I mean, uh, behind De'Aaron and Fox. This year, you have to hope that, that he's not. So only selling because I don't think he's going to average career highs mm-hmm. across the board. Again, that would take like a 17 point per game season. Like, that's that's kind of a lot to ask for. Mm.
0: I uh, I was trying to look here. Was Buddy the highest paid player on it? Because I, I always forget. I mean, I shouldn't forget because his contract is for fairly massive, but Harrison is, uh, a top three paid player on this rock. He was the second highest paid player on the team last year behind buddy. Uh, buddy is still ahead of him, but De'Aaron's extension kicks in this year. So, uh, De'Aaron Fox rightfully so is, is the, uh, breadwinner on the team. Uh, yeah, not that that stuff obviously really matters because, you know, it's not like Harrison or, you know, Deer and Fox hates Harrison Barnes because he makes more money. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just important for, uh, you know, if you're going to be paying a guy 20 million dollars. Um, they should probably have some significant impact on uh, your roster. No, just because I you think can allocate that money better.
1: I think it's that's kind of been a big key point with the buddy healed being mm-hmm. traded this offseason. It was OK, we'll get Kuzma and Montrez Harold for the price of buddy healed. That would have been cool, but mm-hmm. didn't happen. If Buddy is gonna be on the roster, he, he needs to produce. He had, for his standards, he had a down year last year. Thirty nine percent from three point—that's not ideal. He did do a lot of better things. Well, yeah, I guess Buddy Heels are you buying, buying, selling? I, I was holding. just
0: not gonna do him just because we a we don't really know if he's going to. We still don't know officially if he's going to be on. I mean, obviously, media day is around the corner, but. Um, you know, we we just don't know how long he'll be on the team. Um, I would probably sell again um, just because. buddy has got a pretty big green light here. Uh, I can't imagine him going somewhere else and having more of a green light. Maybe he'll do, you know, if he were traded to the Lakers, he would probably not ever score 20 points a game. I, that that's, seems like a lot for him. But uh, he would probably be very, very efficient. I'd imagine he'd get a lot better looks from threes on a better team. But I can't imagine him going somewhere and uh, having an opportunity to a play as much because that was also a big sticking point with Buddy was he wanted to finish games. And uh, I don't I don't know how many places would give him a definite role in their closing lineups. I'm not saying he couldn't. You know, if in the right situation, if he's got it going, but um, he's got a pretty good situation here, so I I, can't, I don't know if he can go somewhere else and and get that same kind of yeah. love, buddy love, if, if you will. If oh hey,
1: if he would just embrace the bench role, I think he would be one of like the the bigger weapons in the NBA yeah. off the bench, and he just won't embrace it, or he hasn't. Maybe he will this season. Maybe it'll change. Maybe the do whatever I'll have to do for the team mentality will finally approach him at that 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 i don't know it's just uh it is weird how he just had such a problem with coming off the bench when he could make a career out of that he could be around for you know the jj reddick you know he started for a lot of his career but uh jj reddick who just retired he at the end of his career he was making making a living off come off the bench and being Very a knockdown guy lou
0: williams i mean not nearly the ball handler lou williams is but if he wants to come in and just be in a microwave like that and let it fly. He can buddy yield when hot can put up 30 point games easy, but the beauty of bringing him off the bench and not having him start is in the games where he's not feeling it, which he was pretty damn streaky, especially at the start of last season. Uh, If he's not feeling it, you don't feel, I mean, not even feel the need. He's, if he's not your starter, you just don't you don't play him in the closing lineups that day. You, you only play him 20 minutes that day. But whereas if he's the starter, it's a little bit more difficult of a conversation to have if you're going to take him out in the closing minute. And then because he, he's not playing well, but then well, throw him in the starting lineup.
1: That's a good that's an interesting point, though, because he is streaky and some nights he has, has it and he's in, he's in a microwave. He's Inferno. Yeah. Maybe Luke Walton does opt to start Buddy Heald because of that. Maybe you want to see if he has it tonight. And if he doesn't, he's probably not going to be on the floor for the end of the game anyway, because if you have Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell, defense has to be in late. Buddy's probably not going to be in that many closing lineups unless he's absolutely feeling it. Unless they're trailing. I mean, let me rephrase that. If the Kings have the lead late, you're probably not going to have Buddy Heald in it. If the Kings are trailing, you can see a difference and we need some shots. That's an excellent point. Buddy's coming in. But maybe Luke with that think, approach.
0: Yeah, it, it's an it would be an interesting conversation for Luke to have with Buddy to tell him he's coming off the bench. Obviously, that's Luke's job. He's got to do it if that's what he feels right. But, you know, Buddy's Buddy's skill, his elite skill of shooting um, and you know, he doesn't. He, we, we, we probably pigeonhole Buddy a little bit more than we should. He He's, he's very, very like you're not going to find a player who runs around the court more than Buddy Heald does and tires out his defender. Um, he is, he, you know, he's never going to stop moving, regardless of whether it's him breaking down terribly defensively. It's because he's running out there so, so fast, um, and carefree. But, um, what am I saying all this for? Um, Oh, because Buddy's got the tenure, you know, he, he's he been he's a respected guy. I don't know if he's respected in the league, but he's 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 put up points that suggest he is a starter. Tyrese is, yes, very promising. And when he's on the court, no doubt the team is better. Um, but has Tyre you know, Tyrese didn't play a full rookie season if Tyrese has really improved. I think, you know, it'll be an easier conversation to be like, this guy's just better than you right now. But I don't know if Tyrese Halliburton, young Tyrese Halliburton, is is a better player than Buddy Heald right now. Like, Buddy can for sure come in and do things. Like I said, I don't know if Tyrese is going to come in and hit that sophomore slump where he's trying to figure out how to implement these new things that he's he's trying to add to his game. That might, you know, that might slow down the team a little bit. Is that something you considered at least at the start of the season. Maybe also, if you're trying to build buddy heels, trade value, starting him, getting him some good, some good games in early probably goes a long way. Yeah. It, it's going to be a very, very interesting approach and I'm intrigued. Well, no, to what does. This but... is why we want, they, we need them to play.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just
0: talking into the, into the universe.
1: This is why we need them to, to play. But uh, yeah, that was fun. Training camp starts. Next, next week, week. next, next week. week so the next time we record we'll have some actual some sound bites from training Might camp. after and,
0: media day yeah yeah we're, we'll we're see uh some stuff media day. Next, so maybe.
1: next time we record we'll be a couple of days away from the first the first preseason game so
0: Can't we're done wait.
1: this is our last like scrounging to find out what we're doing podcast it's been tough to all you that have been listening and and coming through it. Hey, we're new to it. We're learning how to to deal with off-season yeah, stuff. this was our
0: first off-season like of going rough every week and uh it was tough. It was not easy. Shout out to George for doing it every day. Yeah, <laughs> Mount, I don't I don't even understand
1: how he does that. I mean, it, it's I'm sure he does a great job. Too. I mean, he I mean he does do a great job, but it's just it's tough. So th- those you out there appreciate what that man does and and what others do to create content during a, a bleach? they
0: freaking, well, they're, their, they're taking, their, a, shout out they're taking a, a break. Much needed, man. Cause they were working harder than anybody else. They were doing more shows than shout out all the on air talent everywhere, all throughout SAC, like doing their daily stuff, but like, yeah, do some Mo doing their anytime, anywhere streams. They deserve a break. <laughs> Speaking of break, let's break yeah let's break this is uh this has been a good episode I'm, I'm very surprised that we were able to squeeze 55 minutes out of this um and uh yeah i hope you all enjoyed it again like we're going to be back next week uh where yeah. me and frank are going to be at media day on monday hopefully we'll have something to talk about from then uh the preseason's right around the corner everybody do yourself a favor this episode is coming out on thursday the 23rd watch WNBA playoffs start tonight uh, Phoenix Mercury against New York Liberty, and I think what's the other game? There's another game on uh, Dallas, uh, Dallas against Dallas. Dallas is playing somebody that I'm pretty sure they're gonna lose to. I can't remember who it was, um, but yes, watch the WNBA playoffs. They are amazing. There's a bunch. Of, they have to, they like reseed after each week or after each. Uh, Dallas plays Chicago. Dallas plays Chicago. Chicago. That's Candace Parker. Uh, Courtney Vandersloot, Chicago's nasty. Um, yes, watch WNBA playoffs; they're super fun. Especially yep. like if if you can't get it until later in the playoffs too. Like the conference finals and the finals are the funnest times. So yep, do yourself a favor. Please, I know, it was a lot,
1: lot of fun watching that during the bubble last year too. So make sure you guys check that out. Basketball, Wubble. the wobble, the wobble. Basketball's back. Uh, death, death to the off. Death to the off season. Death no more off season. Watch Goodbye. Football. Not Minnesota. I'm, I'm right. over it. I'm over these. Right. It's, it's been. I'm happy we made it through this podcast too. I'm just tired of talking about this off-season stuff. I want some <laughs> some actual substance here. So if anyone's out there saying like, "Oh my god, these guys are talking about this again," it's like, "Hey, we we."
0: I'm with you. I'm tired of talking about this stuff. <laughs> let's talk about the real stuff. Right, so thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, y'all. Appreciate it. Like, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, uh, and bye bye.